0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Steep price drops will bring sanity back to housing market in 2023. From globalnews.ca yesterday, Oshallander, Concordia University, Montreal, joins us, teaches international trade, money, and banking. He's an expert on inflation, recession, and unemployment. Got all the bases covered. How are you, Moshe? I'm doing well. It's good to have you with us. Always a pleasure. Well, let's talk about this as we go along. I'll begin with it. Inflation has gone up. Interest rates have gone up. But since February, when house prices across the country were at their peak, since February, they have fallen nationally 18.4%. Why? Why? i think it's because interest
1: rates have been going up and i think that it's a realization that the housing market has long been overvalued in canada and so uh higher interest rates kind of focus those minds that uh when you go to try and get a mortgage and you realize that wait a second uh that's what i'm going to have to pay every month uh it's the type of thing that sends people running and at that point then when you get rid of demand out of the market uh, it's going to be prices start falling.
0: So the person who in early February might have put his or her or their house on the on the market and expected to have bidding uh, for the house and considerably higher at the than the asking price today isn't going to get that because of what you explained. So it goes on to say the story goes on to say that uh, by uh, 2023, the end of 2023 the decline will be nearly 25%. So are we going to see continuing uh, interest rate rising, uh, inflationary trends going up, and conversely, house prices going down? So is the pattern going to continue? So I I think two out of the three are going to continue. One of them
1: won't. Uh, I won't make you guess which one is is the outlier there, but uh, I think there's maybe one extra percentage point increase in interest rates coming for the rest of this year. Whether the Bank of Canada chooses to parcel that out in small increments or in one big increment, I think they're gonna watch the inflation figures that come out next week. And I'm hoping that that inflation number will be lower than what it was in June. So I'm expecting something like say 7.7, 7.8% down from 8.1%, and that could mark that inflation is actually going to start to come back down to something normal. The thing is that the higher interest rates are probably going to continue to take some steam out of the housing market. Like you said, if it's down about 18% since since February, and you're saying 25% by the end of the year, that does mean there's about another 7% fall coming over the last five months. Mm.
0: So you and I talked off the air, and I told you that I'd been speaking to a young family who bought their home in February, max price, paid more than the asking price, outbid everybody else. And now they're concerned. They have concerns because uh, of the 18.4% drop across the country. On average since February, and now the predicted additional 7% by the end of 2023. And I said to them, you're young. You've got years ahead of you. This is just a blip. Um, Probably more than a blip, but that's what I said. Don't worry. You bought the property. Real estate is always a good bet. Did I say the right thing to them? Well, I'll say it for you on air so everybody can hear it. You did say the
1: right thing. Um, So, Pat, on your back. Um, Yeah, look, if, if you're buying your house because you plan on living in it, um, then it's almost irrelevant whether the price is going up or down or not, right? You're, you're going to get the consumption value that you don't have to rent. You don't have to worry about a landlord coming in and hiking up your rents. Uh, and, and you're going to be able to stay there for essentially as long as you keep making your mortgage payments. So you can raise a family there, you can get old there. Um, and, and that sort of thing then is, is going to uh, not really matter than what's going on in the broader housing market. Uh, If you're buying that home because you plan on just holding it for a couple of years and then flipping it, well, you know what, taking some of the air out of the housing market is kind of a good thing because it's part of that speculation that's been creating that disconnect in the housing market to begin with. So, Mm. uh, you know, I I don't want to say that they deserve what they're getting, um, but the idea is that a a house is meant to be lived in. A house is not meant to uh, be viewed as an asset the way you might view a share or a bond. Uh, But people have been treating it that way for years now, and and that's that's what's been
0: creating that sort of uh, disconnect from reality. Yeah, and what I said to this young family as well was, you can only deal with what's in front of you. So in February, you didn't know that this was going to happen by August. You had a choice to make. You wanted to buy a house. You paid what you thought was the, the right price. So uh, given the circumstances, the consequences are probably what they should be, and things will improve as you go along. Let me ask you this. I should have asked you uh, this question earlier. What is the impact of housing on the national economy?
1: Well, I mean, for most households, it's their biggest source of wealth, if not their retirement plan, it's their house. And so, you know, the the broader issue on the economy is when you see housing prices fall, it is uh, eliminating some of our greatest sources of wealth. And so if we're using that to borrow, uh, to help finance our lifestyle or to help try and smooth out the ups and downs of the economy, that can be a bit of a problem, right? Anybody who goes to a bank and says, uh, I need a line of credit, you're usually going to want to secure it with property. It gets you a lower interest rate than you otherwise would if it were unsecured. Uh, But if all of a sudden the bank is saying, you know what, your house is worth 25% less than what it was, uh, then you're going to get 25% less credit available to you. And that could possibly create a bit of a crimp in in your lifestyle if you're using that line of credit for what it's meant for, which is to smooth out patterns or for those uh, one-off purchases that you just don't have enough cash to generate.
0: I think uh, some people who... Look back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Particularly hit the United States housing market high hard, because they had uh, they got houses for for no down payments in in many cases or condos, and so people were walking away from their properties because putting the key under the mat and walking away, because it was just worth so much less than they were indebted for. But that's not the situation in this country. We do things differently, so we're in, we're more stable here. Yes
1: more stable and uh i i don't think generally that the banks are more comfortable with the idea of yeah just hand back the keys right the the banks are in the business of lending out money they're not in the business of property management so you you know if you find that somehow you're in a position of negative equity meaning that you have more debt than your house is worth uh, or if you find that you're in a position where you're struggling to make those mortgage payments because the higher interest rates have prompted a phone call from the bank manager They're really not looking for you to hand over the keys and and really they're not looking for you to do a forced sale either because they're not going to be able to recoup their money. So banks would be more willing to work with you to try and help you through maybe that's uh, lengthening the time of your mortgage or. Uh, something to try and make sure that they're going to get their money eventually. Uh, The other difference too, of course, is that in the Canadian banking system, you have six banks that just overwhelmingly dominate the market in a way that doesn't exist in the US. Theirs is a slightly more competitive marketplace. Ours is a little more what we would call oligopolistic. And so that sort of oligopoly structure makes it a little bit easier to supervise. It's not to say problems can't happen, but just it makes it easier for those that are overseeing the banking sector to say, uh, if we see any signs of stress where the banks are starting to show signs that they're going to have problems, um, quick action can be taken to try and make sure that uh, it, it doesn't spill over into a U.S.-style housing market collapse. Okay.
0: So all of these factors in play in this economy that, let me let me just ask you this one more. We're, there are unknowns. There are wobbly situations in the world. Ukraine, the war with Russia, the uh, energy crisis that's developing in in Europe, with experts telling us they're expecting blackouts in Europe this winter, how much of a an unknown are these particular situations internationally, globally, and how could they potentially affect the Canadian economy? Is there any way to know, or is it a wait and see situation?
1: It is a wait and see situation, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I, I think that one of the things that frustrates Canadians is that when Uh, economists make a prediction or they make a forecast, they're back a month later uh, changing their prediction or forecast. And people get upset saying, I thought you guys are the experts. Um, You know, as information on the ground changes, what you are predicting is going to change as well. And so all you can do is you can try and say that, all right, if things continue or if we think this event is going to end at a certain time, then here's how we think it's going to play out. But you know the reality is when you have so many different moving parts it's really hard to nail down a precise forecast and usually what you do is you'd give a range of possible outcomes this is a 50% chance of happening this is a 30% chance this is a 20% chance um of course when that gets converted into bite sized um tweets and things like that it's just one number and, and people think that's the way to go but no it, it's really hard to figure out how those events are going to play out uh given that some of the actors that are contributing to those events are themselves unpredictable.
0: Yeah, of course. So looking at what we know and what we can project based on our knowledge... What do you see as far, and you said, perhaps uh, we can expect, there we go, perhaps we can expect, you can't put those two together, they're in direct opposition to one another. Uh, You suggested that perhaps interest rates may drop somewhat uh, later this year. Is this the kind of scenario where we might see the Bank of Canada lower interest rates or begin to lower interest rates in 2022? So I I think what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) I put words in your mouth. I think what i said was that interest rates
1: are going to go up a full percentage point before the end of the year but what i did say was that inflation, inflation is going to come yes, down before yes, the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah, year so yeah. i i think that both of those things are highly likely to happen um there was a report out earlier this week that was saying that maybe maybe the worst of uh the inflationary pressures in the economy might be passed and so uh the bank of canada themselves has said that they're very much committed to bringing inflation back down to The 2% that we've gotten used to over the last 30 years, and uh, of course their main lever, is through higher interest rates. And there really is no limit to how high they could increase it to uh, generate the lower inflation that they want. Uh, So I I, I think that both of those things are highly likely to happen. The issue, and you hinted uh, before the break, is will the higher interest rates tip the economy into recession?
0: Right, Will they? are we headed for recession?
1: No, <laughs> um, that's not for an impressive sort of <laughs> forecast. Um, no, you know, the, the thing with a recession is that the, the technical definition that it's two consecutive quarters of declining GDP is is a great technical definition, right? It's what I would teach my own students. Um, but the thing with a recession is that it's intensely personal, right? If you have a job and your family have jobs yeah. and your friends have jobs, I could tell you that we're in a recession and you'd look around and say, I don't see it yeah and if you're out of a job and your family's out of a job and your friends are out of a job i could tell you that the economy is roaring along and you'd say i don't see it so you know it's one of those things that where we could talk about the economy is or is not in a recession i i think that at the end of the day canadians are going to experience it on a much more micro sort of level than as a broad issue canadian phenomenon but i i think that if we're looking at Will we see two consecutive quarters of declining GDP? No, but what I do think we're going to see is a very substantial slowdown in the economy. I think we uh, really went at it hard in the first half of this year to make up for a couple of years of lost time. And uh, I I think that literally and figuratively, we're paying for it uh, in the second half of this year. And and, and that's gonna be the thing to kind of take some of the air out of the economy.